0: Welcome to the West Point Church Podcast. Here you can find past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates as soon as those sermons are posted. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a good week.
1: So, tell me what happened. I was there. They crucified him. I can show you where they buried him. What difference does it make at this point? I understand. But just... Start from the beginning. Well... It was amazing. A few years back, a guy shows up making all kinds of crazy claims. He spent most of his time at the river. That's where I would go to listen. Then one afternoon, he just stops. Mid-sentence points and says, Look. So we all looked. Look, he said, the Lamb of God. (laughs) Just what we all needed, right? A lamb? That's the first time I saw him. The lamb that is, Jesus.
2: with Jesus as well. I was for three years, right up until, well, yesterday. It was amazing. He was amazing. And the crowds, I've never seen so many people in one place. And it was everywhere, everywhere we went, more crowds. They came to listen. They came to watch. Some came to criticize others to be healed and he touched he touched untouchable people and and they were healed
1: i'm not sure i understand he was healing people but you seem offended he told a
3: man his sins were forgiven people are so naive only god can forgive sin His followers made mockery of the law, and he never lifted a finger to stop them. He would defend them. He would defend them and criticize
2: us. Us. And it was everywhere, everywhere we went. More crowds. They came to listen, they came to watch. Some came to criticize, others to be healed. And he touched, he touched untouchable people, and, and they were healed.
1: I'm not sure I understand. He was healing people, but you seem
3: offended. He told a man his sins were forgiven. People are so naive. Only God can forgive sin. His followers made mockery of the law, and he never lifted a finger to stop them. He would defend them. He would defend them and criticize us. Us. I was there the day he claimed to be greater than the temple. Then the rumors started. Rumors that he would actually destroy the temple. And the ignorant peasants he surrounded himself with believed him worse than peasants, sinners, (laughs) tax-gatherers, women. He told me about me, the part of me that, that shames me. But I didn't feel shame that afternoon before that day i can't remember when i haven't felt shame but that day that day i felt alive
1: they knew we were coming now by that time they knew every move we made we didn't know who to trust but that that didn't concern him so off we went into the jaws of the lion jerusalem and the whole world was waiting for us. They lined the streets. The sound of their shouts was deafening. And I'll admit, it, it, it went to our heads. But not him. He seemed preoccupied. I, I would say worried. But I'm not sure that he ever worried. And then things got strange. He made Passover all about him. He he said the bread was his body and and the wine was his blood. We were used to that kind of thing, but, but this seemed more unusual than normal, even for him. Then he announced a new covenant. We had no idea what that meant. And then he gave us a new command certainly didn't need any more of those. So, what was the problem? The problem? Jesus was the problem.
3: The crowds loved him. The crowds flocked to him. And the crowds not only believed him, they were beginning to believe in him. That was a problem. So, we took care of it. You mean, you killed him? No, Rome killed him. Lucky for us, it was one of his own that led us to him. And once we had him? Well, all the other peasants scattered, as we suspected they would. But let's be clear, we did not kill
1: him. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. I should have made him their king. I saw more courage, more integrity in those eyes than in the eyes of any of their high priests. They were jealous. Ask my wife. I tried to save him. But as soon as I mentioned king, we have no king but Caesar, they chanted. And in that moment, I realized I had no choice. Crucified their king. But for the record, they are responsible, not me. It doesn't matter now. What matters now is that Passover is over, things will settle down now. you do now? We hide. We wait. Didn't he say he'd be back? Yeah, yeah, he, uh... he said a lot of things. More than you have room to write. you think he'll be back? Back? I don't know. I don't think so.
0: That was Peter. He had a rough night the night that Jesus died. Jesus actually told Peter that he would deny him three times and he did. When the soldiers came to Jesus, Peter, his initial response was, I'm going to fight. And he grabbed a sword and he cut off someone's ear. And then Jesus actually rebuked Peter. He took the man's ear, healed him, So Peter was unsure what he was supposed to do next. And and going through this process, Jesus was arrested. And that fear began to set in inside of him. And he was scared for his life. He was worried about his future. And when he was asked, aren't you with that Jesus guy? He said, no, I don't know him. Three times he denied Christ. He left him. You know, we all have Times in our life when we've failed, when we've fallen short of what the expectation is for us. I remember in high school, I, I ran track in high school, and I was running uh, the, the 1600 meter, which is about a mile, and uh, that was my race, and I went to a, a small Christian school, and so there were uh, just a group of us Christian schools that were at this meet. It was a small meet, and uh I remember it knowing that it was kind of between me and one other guy, one of us were going to win this race, and his name was Leaf, like the Viking, okay, like already at a disadvantage. And I remember coming out, I'm like, I'm going to just set the pace really hard at the beginning, get a lead, get ahead, and try to just discourage this guy, and, and hopefully he'll just fall off the pace. And so I started out in my first lap, my first 400 meters, I was really strong. My second 400 meters, I was even stronger. And I had opened up this, this pretty large lead, probably 150 meters on the, the closest competitor and um, did my, my third lap and, and, and he was gaining a little bit, but I, I felt like I had enough that I could hold him off until the end of that race. And I remember coming around the corner To the straightaway to finish that race and all of a sudden he was right on my tail and i'm like i'll just give one last kick and hopefully be able to to finish him off and i kicked and pulled ahead a little bit and he kind of stayed with me and as we're coming down about the last 25 meters or so he just blew past me like i was standing still And I remember crossing that finish line, running the best race I'd ever run in my entire life and feeling absolutely devastated (laughs) because I felt like I had let my team down. I had let myself down. I was pretty crushed. I was pretty disappointed in that moment. And to get beat by leaf, I tell you what, that was even worse. Now, maybe there's a time in your life when you've let somebody down. Maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was your spouse, maybe your parents. You know, we've all had those moments where we've fallen short of our own expectations, and I'm sure that in this moment, Peter felt devastated because he had failed Jesus. And in some ways, maybe even the thought of him coming back from the dead was actually scary to him because how would he respond? How would he react? How would he be received by Jesus since he had failed him so spectacularly? You know, fortunately for us, the story of Jesus Christ is all about redemption. It's all about redemption. Our hope is in that story, especially the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want us to take a look at the moment where Jesus died on the cross, and we're going to look at Luke's account where he was hanging on that cross, and I want us to look there first before we remember what happened on Easter Sunday, because even before Jesus rose from the dead, redemption had already begun. And that is why we celebrate today. Luke chapter 23, and we're going to start at verse 32, and it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along there, or if you don't have a Bible this morning, you can grab one of the ones in the seat pockets in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to just take that. It's our gift for you this morning. But Luke chapter 23, verse 32, it says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, and and this verse to me truly shows the heart of Jesus Christ, what he's all about, because even as he's hanging on the cross and being murdered for just being who he is, He's saying these words, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, for he is Christ of God, the chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him that said, this is the king of the Jews. And we know from one of the other accounts that this was Pilate who had put this inscription together. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself And us. I figured, well, we're up here too. We might as well try, right? But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Redemption. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour when the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn into. Then Jesus, calling out in a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And when the centurion saw what had taken place, one of the same soldiers that was mocking Jesus just a few minutes ago praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And I ask you a question, are you living your life in a way that ultimately causes people to acknowledge God, to acknowledge the King of Kings? Verse 48, and the crowds had assembled for the spectacle. When they saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. I want to share with you three things about redemption this morning, and I want to look at three different stories. Two of them are right in this passage, and the other has to do with Peter, who had already failed Jesus. The first is the criminals that were hanging on the cross beside Jesus. One was mocking him, and the other was repentant. And one of the things that I want us to understand about the redemption of God is that it is immediate. The moment you surrender your heart to Christ, the moment you place your faith in him, the moment you acknowledge your inability to save yourself and put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. This man hanging on the cross next to Jesus, being executed for a horrible crime, in one moment, turned his attention and his faith to Jesus. He didn't have an opportunity to to fix his life. He didn't have an opportunity to get things right. And sometimes we think that way. We're like, okay, I know God can save me. So now I just got to go turn some things around in my life, get some things right, fix some things, and then I can be accepted by God. But the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that because of what Jesus has done for us, the moment we repent, he welcomes us in with open arms. And Jesus said to this man, today you will be with me in paradise. How incredible is that? But not only is Jesus' redemption immediate, but it is unreasonable. It is unreasonable. This Roman centurion that in this story, that when Jesus died, he's praising God. I mean, how incredible of a story is that? In just mere moments to turn from mocking Jesus and abusing him and actually nailing his wrists and his feet to a cross in one moment, was transformed because of the power of Jesus Christ. His redemption for this man was absolutely unreasonable. You know, in the same way, you and I, because of our sin, because of our failures, because of our shortcomings, it's like we have driven those nails into Jesus' wrists. It's our sin that he died for. So it's our sin that nailed him to the cross. But even in our failure and our shortcoming and our hardness of heart, Jesus has died for us. To us, that sounds completely unreasonable. It doesn't make sense. But that is how great and incredible his love is. It's immediate, it's unreasonable and it's unlimited. The story of of Peter tells us how unlimited it is. Peter made a lot of mistakes in his time with Jesus. He said some dumb things, but certainly his greatest failure was the moment where he denied Christ at the time of his crucifixion. And it says, as we uh, look at the, the continued account of the Easter story. And Jesus was laid in this tomb. And after three days, says that some women came to his tomb and they found that it was empty. So the first thing that they did is they ran back and told his disciples. It says that Peter and John took off and, and John made sure to note that he got there first because he was faster. He was like that track runner that beat me right? And Peter got there a little bit later and just ran into the tomb. John had the dignity to stop outside, but Peter had to see for himself. He had to know in that moment. He had to know if his hope was alive. And sure enough, that tomb was empty. And a while later, Jesus appeared to Peter But I want us to jump ahead even a little bit further because as incredible as the resurrection story is, the restoration of Peter paints a picture of why it's so important for us as believers. If you want to turn with me to John chapter 21, this is the moment where Jesus restores Peter. We're gonna start at verse 17 and, and and just prior to this verse, Jesus had asked Peter a simple question twice already. He said, Simon, which was Peter's old name, do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter responded, Of course I love you, Lord. Well, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Here's what it says in verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said it to him the third time. I'm sure in that moment, Peter was thinking about all of the things, all of the reasons that Jesus had for rejecting him. All of the times that he'd failed him and specifically those times that he denied him right before Jesus gave his life. Peter responded for the third time, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you to where you do not want to go. You might be sitting here and thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, fortunately, John explains it for us. He said this, he said, to show what kind of death he was to face and glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus said to Peter, you failed me that night where I died, but I'm still going to use you. And ultimately a day will come when you won't fail me. When you will choose to believe, when you will choose to stand for what you believe and ultimately you will die just as I did with your arms stretched out on a cross because your faith is that important and you won't fail again. That is the redemption and the restoration that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. I'm ask the worship team to come up as, as we close this morning. And I want to share this this verse from you in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. It says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his resurrection, now we can experience the redemption of Jesus Christ for ourselves. There were some people in this story that that never experienced that redemption that Jesus offered. Pilate, who I mentioned earlier, who sentenced Jesus to death, he knew in his heart what he was doing was wrong. He knew that Jesus was the king of the Jews. That's why he had that inscribed on that plaque. But he did it anyway for political reasons. He ended up in exile over a power struggle and eventually killed himself. One of the criminals repented and placed his faith in Jesus. But the other one died, rejecting the hope that was just a few feet away from him perhaps the saddest story of all was the story of Judas he was mentioned in that video as the one who would betray Jesus and the saddest part about Jesus or Judas's failure wasn't the fact that he betrayed Jesus The saddest part about Judas' story is that just like Peter, Jesus would have loved to have redeemed him as well. And he was waiting there. But instead of receiving the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, Judas tried to take matters into his own hand and figure it out for himself. And because of that, because he rejected The grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ he missed an opportunity to experience God's love and forgiveness and he took matters into his own hands and ultimately took his own life instead of receiving Jesus payment for his sins he tried to redeem himself and pay for them himself